We want to take a few moments to make sure that we understand how great our God is by how he has given good gifts to the church. And so I asked the question, what are pastors? And for those of you who were in the equipping hour, you've already been reminded of this, but it's worth repeating here. Pastors are a gift to the church given by King Jesus himself. And hopefully we've been able to see that on display here today as we've interviewed Pastor Mike. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says this, And he, Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds, or pastors and teachers. It's pretty clear here that Jesus gave the word means to assign a person to a task or a particular for a particular benefit of other people. The gifts that the church received from King Jesus, one of them was a shepherd pastor. And the church displays the manifold wisdom of God for the whole world to see. The church is a pillar and a buttress of the truth. The church is the tangible expression of the body of Christ, the hands and the feet of Jesus. And I mentioned that there's nothing like the potential that the local church has for societal impact like the local church. There's nothing else that even comes close to it in our society. This is God's plan. And in order to establish and accomplish this plan, Jesus says, I'm going to give a gift to this group of people called shepherds or pastors. So I want to brace yourself, brace yourself for something rather abrasive. Because Paul likens those who make up the church to sheep. Now sheep are, I don't know how to say this gently, but let's try saying it this way. They're not the smartest animals on the planet, all right? Sheep actually need shepherds like no other animal out there. Now sometimes when the word shepherd is used, images of love and care and protection and tenderness parade across our minds. And a biblical shepherd embodies those characteristics, but that doesn't make a shepherd soft in any way. I'm speaking to many of you who are here that are part of farm country, so I don't need to remind you, but I will anyway. Farm animals are dirty and smelly. (laughs) And that's what God likens us to as sheep. All of us that gather here are a little bit or a lot bit dirty. All of us who gather here are a little bit or a lot bit smelly. And all of us are in that category, and so we all need to be cleaned up and improve our appearance from time to time so a watching world can see what God has done in the church. Pastors are a gift to the church given by King Jesus himself. So I want to think with you about this for a moment. In the Old Testament, priests would actually wear garments that would remind them of their responsibility and their calling before God. Two of those articles of clothing in particular were worn to serve as reminders to the priest of his calling. First of all, you have the ephod, which is an outer garment that we read about that would be fastened around the shoulders of a priest. And on that ephod, there were two onyx stones that had the names of the 12 tribes of Israel inscribed on them. And we're told in Exodus chapter 28, verse 12, it says this, And you shall set the the two stones on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as stones of remembrance of the sons of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders for remembrance. So here's the thing. The priest was to be reminded of his responsibility that is placed on his shoulders. 
And I don't know if you've picked up a rock lately, but I want to remind you that rocks are pretty dense, especially the onyx stone. If your shoulders had to bear the weight of these two stones, after a while you would feel it. The priests would feel the weight of this responsibility in a very tangible way with what they wore, and they were to be reminded continually of their responsibility. And an ephod wasn't the only garment that the priests wore. The ephod served as a reminder of the weight that the priest was carrying, but the breastplate was what the priest wore over his heart to actually represent the people in the holiest of holies. And on the breastplate were 12 individual stones set into the garment itself that directly were over the priest's heart. Exodus 28 verse 29 says, And so Aaron shall bear their names of the sons of Israel in the breastplate of judgment on his heart. And when he goes into the holy place to bring them to regular remembrance before the Lord. God's people weren't just depicted as two cumbersome rocks supported by the strong shoulders of the priest, but rather they're also a collection of individuals that were close in proximity to the heart of the one representing them. And there is to be a holy, intimate connection that is available for each of us to experience with those who have served us as priests or pastors or shepherds. Now Jesus fulfilled this in the ultimate way. And in a way that no other human could or ever would have been able to do. But because he has fulfilled all of this in an ultimate way, as the chief shepherd... He has made us all into a kingdom of priests, as it says in 1 Peter 2. But even the kingdom of priests are still in need of shepherds. And so Peter writes in 1 Peter 5 this, So I exalt the elders, exalt the, exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and as a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker, a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. This verse has been reenacted in the life and ministry of Mike and Monica Campfield to this body of believers in a faithful way. And for a very long time now. Today has been a celebration of God's tremendous care for us. And we want to honor Pastor Mike because Paul writes the Thessalonians when he says this. We ask you brothers to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. So that's what we are seeking to do and sought to do here today. That word respect means to show esteem or honor to give regard to, to know, and even in some senses to fear and to reverence. What we have sought to do is acknowledge Pastor Mike's high status among us as pastor because he has been given as one of the pastor shepherds here and we want to obey what Paul told the Thessalonians to do. So Mike, I know that some of what has been done today might have made you crawl in your skin a little bit because on the surface of things, much of this has been about you. And the last thing that you want is to have all eyes on you. In fact, you've instructed this body time and time again 
to set our eyes to the east, hands to the cross, and feet to the path, and many other Micisms that we could quote verbatim. But the reason we are doing all this today is because we want to obey what the Word of God says when it tells us to respect those who labor among you and who are over us and who admonish us, and you as a shepherd would want nothing more than for your sheep to obey what the Scriptures teach. So, when does one cease to be a pastor? Well, we know that pastoral ministry is more than an occupation. It's a calling. And Paul tells Timothy that it's a noble calling. But when does it end? Is there a retirement for a pastor? Well, you can retire from occupations, but you can never really retire from a calling. Yes, we can retire from our occupations and our different various types of employments, but we can never cease doing work for the Lord. You know this. And so today we are honorably discharging you, Mike, from all of your official responsibilities as a staff member, and we are saying thank you. But every child of God is still responsible to God to be an active, contributing member to the local body of believers that God has placed them in for their nourishment and for the body's growth and to stimulate growth in the others in the assembly. And so although you are officially, honorably discharged from all of your duties, there is still work to be done here by you and by all of us. The load that you carried as a pastor will be collectively absorbed by all of us that make up this community, and this is by no means a burden to any of us. You have not left this body out to dry. You've not left us hanging. This is God's doing, and so we celebrate what God has done, and we anticipate what he will do in this next season for all of us who gather here. It has been said, once a pastor, always a pastor. And I really think that that phrase could be used in many genres of profession. Once a coach, always a coach. Once a teacher, always a teacher, so on and so forth. But it seems to really hold true for those who have served the Lord in a pastoral position to a local body of believers. David Erickson is still referred to as Pastor David. Now David has served multiple congregations and he served as an interim here for a time, but he's still referred to as Pastor David. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. And that's what's natural for us because not only do we want to honor the position, but we want to honor the individual who held the position. And this will be the case with you, Pastor Mike. Maybe the best way to define this time in your life is to attach a meaningful title that isn't necessarily a concept that we see in the Bible, but sometimes is helpful across other professions, and that's the term emeritus. Emeritus isn't in the Bible, but neither is retirement. Emeritus is the Latin word referring to one who has earned his discharge by faithful service. It's kind of the opposite of a dishonorable discharge in the military. So you will always be Pastor Mike, even when you come off the payroll so we want to assign to you an honorary position of pastor emeritus that has no official duties other than to continue to live your life, except for these duties, except for you need to continue to live your life in a way that is in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, as it says in Philippians 1.27, and in a way that is worthy of imitation, as Paul tells the Corinthians. 
and by way of example, as Peter tells those who are dispersed and find themselves in exile, those are your responsibilities just as a child of God. Once a pastor, always a pastor. And it's been a while since Mike has really been actively involved in our staff meetings and elder meetings, but he's still been doing pastoral work behind the scenes. Let me give you an example. Last week I texted you, Mike, to see if you had a few moments to talk. And you mentioned that you would be back in your office shortly. And then you gave me the number to call. And I imagine that many times when you're out of your office or even while you're in your office, you're busy attempting to put out the proverbial fires that so often burn in the lives of middle school students. And one of the first things that you said to me in that conversation was this. There's disorder and craziness everywhere, quote. So here I am. I'm calling a man who had just returned to his office, who presumably was out just dealing with disorder and craziness everywhere. But before I can ask him a few questions to plan some of this weekend's festivities, he asks me a question. He asks me a question that had obviously been on his pastoral heart for weeks. It was a concern that he was shouldering much like an onyx stone on the shoulder of an Old Testament priest. It was a deep and personal and pastoral care that was close to his heart, like one of the 12 stones on the high priest's breastplate. Before I could ask him a question concerning him, he asked questions concerning me. The last time I had talked with Mike, I had shared a personal prayer request with him regarding my family. And it wasn't even on my mind when I called him that morning, but it was on his And so before I could ask him any questions, he asked me how things were going with what I shared with him a couple weeks back. You see, before I could get down to business, he wanted to drill down into a way more important business. And that was how was life going for me. And in that moment, I realized that I wasn't just talking to a fellow staff member. I wasn't talking to a guidance counselor. I was talking to a pastor. Once a pastor, always a pastor. And so, Mike, we thank God for your ministry of dedicated service and the mission of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your life investment of being an example to this body of believers and the larger community of God's people. We thank you for your witness among those who are not yet God's people, but who might be compelled to seek after him while he is still near because because they've seen authenticity in your life. And we thank you for your anticipated, ongoing, unofficial service to this gathering and for your continued presence in our midst. And I'm speaking for all of us now when I say, Mike and Monica Campfield, we thank you and we love you. We want to bring up Annette Koistra because we are going to give one last pastoral gift away for Pastors Appreciation Month. And so, Annette, go ahead and come on up here. And I think I lost your microphone. Rats, did I lose it? Maybe you can use this one. You can yell at everybody. Oh, oh, Mike took it. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, yeah. You're going to get it back in a second, big boy. All right, all right. 
So, um, so here we go. Well, you know, we feel like the preschool and everybody else feels like uh, Mike has just been available all the time, working hard, always available, answers about 100 emails a week from us, the committee. So we want to give them something fun. So we're giving them a trip down to a concert. Chris Tomlin and the Hillsong United concert on Wednesday, November 9th. Dinner included. I put the steakhouse, but you can choose where you'd like to go. Unfortunately, I could not give you the gift bag with the tickets. They haven't arrived yet. <laughs> so that means you have to come back so I can huh. hand you the gift bag with the tickets in Very it, right? Uh, on behalf of the preschool committee, thank you. Uh, we're excited about where it's going. It's a, it's a great group. It's a great group. You guys spread the word. It's awesome. Anyway, thank you so much, Mike. Very good. Excellent. And can I take this? We also have a couple other gifts that we'd like to be giving Pastor Mike. One of them is the book in the back. Uh, make sure that you sign your name to that and make sure that uh, you write like a little note or even just your name. That would be wonderful. We want to give you that as kind of a sentimental gift of kind of 30 years of uh, history of this church. And Michelle Houston was very instrumental in putting that together. So we're grateful to give you that kind of sentimental gift. We're also giving you uh, letters from the reader board that uh, we're real happy to get rid of and give to you. And uh, we know that that was some of your responsibility, but just a reminder that this is a little piece of, of, uh, of the church that reminds us that you were a pastor here. And uh, I didn't clean off the gunk and grime because I think that's part of pastoral ministry. So that is a little gift to you. And then uh, the church leadership also got you a monetary gift that we'd love to present to you uh, here in a little bit. But Mike, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to come forward. And can you just briefly respond to this body of believers here? And then we're going to close by having the elders and the staff come up here. And we're going to pray for you and we'll sing a song as well. But uh, here's your chance to kind of respond. I guarantee it. Everyone's looking at their watch. It's 11.41. Wait, let's go. Um, one of the things I used to do with Pastor Tim was I kept track of how long he was preaching. Tim, you went 45. Tim, you went 50. You got to shrink it up. Uh, is Pastor Tim here, by the way? I know he's come a couple of times, and uh, it was so thrilling for Monica and I. Tim and Lael sat with us a couple weeks ago at church, and so it was beautiful. I've served under some really wonderful, beautiful people. Um, 42 people that I've served with over the course from 1992 through in terms of paid positions or leadership at Faith Community Church. Uh, I just want to acknowledge uh, Monica, my wife, uh, and my mom and dad are here, Jenny and Gerald Campbell, and my son Bryson, and uh, uh, Derek. Uh, Bryson's girlfriend's not here to be here today. Sophie's her name. And then Derek and his wife, Abby. So would you guys mind staying just real quick, just so everybody can see who my family is? So... Um, uh, I, I, I will be brief, but I do want to share just a couple things. Um, you know, Monica and I, our plans are not to abandon Faith Community Church. We hate you. We'll see you. Never coming again. That's not the intentions. Um, our intentions are to kind of still be here. But to be real honest with you, I'm, I'm a control freak at times, and some of you might know that. And so for me to sit in an audience and participate and watch and think of what's up or what's that, and it's, my, 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 my mind can get a little distracted. So there might be some times when Monica and I go to another church just where we don't know anything. We don't know anyone. We just want to go and blend in. So if you hear, oh, Mike and Monica went to another church, maybe we did. 
but we love Faith Community Church. Our hearts are always here. So I just want you to know, okay, um, there will be times when we're here and there's times when we're not. Next weekend, we're going to the Seahawks game with all my family. And so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so I just want to know that. I want to thank the FCC leadership, uh, all the leadership that I've, I've served with, but this, this past one in particular, just for just understanding, being supportive and encouraging. Um, the past staff, the past committees, there's way too many to mention. Uh, thanking just again the people in my lives that have been uh, huge role models and understanding it's all about Christ a um, couple things do not put your faith and your hope in man don't just don't you might have a favorite author you might have a favorite speaker Pastor Sean might be the end on be all uh, someone else might be that you watch on TV do not put your faith and hope and trust in man we're just we're just people we're just sinners. We're saved by grace. And it's God just put us in a position to do things, to lead and equip and train and teach, but we're just ordinary guys and gals trying to do ministry, trying to help out, coming alongside people. Again, I've served with a, a, a lot of people here at Faith Community Church, wonderful pastors, Pastor Tim, Pastor Jim, Ananda Pereira, Pastor David Erickson, Pastor Sean, um, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone. Lou Bennett was here for a while. Uh, so I, it's, just, it's, it's just, again, they're, they're just, just guys trying, just trying to honor the Lord. And so when you start putting your hope and your faith in man, you're going to get let down. Whether it's Mike Canfield, Sean Clark, you, you can't. Just know that it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Serving him and honoring him and loving him and understanding he saved you from your sins and you're a sinner saved by grace is what a beautiful gift that is couple things. Love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Man, as you're doing that, you're, 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 you're just going to be changed. Your life should be exuding different things. You should be portraying different things as you come across people. Love people. Love your neighbor as yourself. I can love people when I'm loving the Lord first. And when I understand, wow, he's given me grace. Why can I not extend that to anybody else that comes across my path? Because they need it just as much as I do. Or I might need it just as much as they do. And so as we come across people and we understand where they're at and we're in conversations at work or school or play or whatever's happening, again, love people. Treat them as you want to be treated. Share Christ. The importance of that, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. We are sinners saved by grace and grace alone, and he's the one that just yanks us. And boy, what a beautiful gift that is when he does that for us. So if we're loving God, if we're loving people, if we're sharing Christ, wow, what better could that be? As we deal with bills and stress and school and homework and just life and just the pitfalls of everything and social media and stuff, whoa, it can be way overwhelming. Students, if you're a student in this room today, whether you're kindergarten, preschool, all the way up to seniors or even college, it is hard to be a youth. It is hard to be a youth whether you're, or you're homeschooled or private school or public school. There's a lot of great people working within all those arenas of life that are Christian, God-honoring people. Pray for them. Students, again, I work with middle school students. I've been doing it for 30 years. You either love them or hate them, and I love them. And so the conflicts I see within the families just kind of gets me going. A passion I have that I hope to have is just to be able to help come alongside more with families. As I work at Blaine Middle School, but to extend that, and how, what could that look like? Lord, it's up to you. Parents, please parent your kids. I just see so often times when parents just abdicate and let everybody else do the role. 
and we just don't do that. Kids, understand your parents generally love you. They want nothing but the best for you. They really are trying. Sometimes they don't know what they're doing either, and so sometimes you have to act way more mature than your, your families, and I'm sorry for that. Again, as we love God, as we share Christ, as we love people, we got to remember it's all about Jesus. You know, the Campfieldisms, the remember who you are, it's true. Uh, eyes of the east, hands of the cross, feet to the path, true. It, we, we're so good sometimes at saying the church things that we forget to actually apply them in our lives. And so as you live your life today, as you go home today, as you talk with your spouse, your family, your kids, your parents, whatever, just talk about them. Talk about Jesus, what he's done for you. Thank the Lord for who he's put in your life. Again, students, I'm praying for you. Whether you're at Blaine Middle School or whether you're at Linden or LC or whether you're at Nooksack or Mount Baker, Ferndale, whatever it is, there is a real difficult thing that you guys are facing today. And so parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, pray for your kids and grandkids and nephews and nieces. They absolutely need it. As I move into this different journey, this whatever it looks like, I just ask the Lord to continue to open the doors and close them. Again, when I, when I, when I was called by Steve Miller and the board back, back in the day, hey, Mike, we want you to come back as youth pastor at Faith Community Church, I said, absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. Pray about it. Think about it, Mike. Whatever. The Lord will work it out. I said, yes, he will. And so I get a call a couple days later from Martha Deerstein, who I worked with for years at Blaine Middle School. Hey, Mike, are you interested in potentially coming back as a middle school halftime counselor? Because I told Steve, oh, yeah, if I get a halftime counseling position, I would take it in a heartbeat. So the Lord did some amazing things for us, for Monica and I to think, whoa, okay, Lord, I guess you kind of know what you're doing. And so every day when I was in ministry as the youth pastor and beyond, I would reflect back on that time in our lives for that year, that 11 months we moved away from Faith Community Church to Centralia and how he orchestrates everything. And all we had to do was listen and watch and line up with him. Where God was moving, we just had to go where he was at. And so I encourage you to do the same. You're all pastors wherever you go. You're all teachers. If you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You are a minister of the gospel of Christ with your words, with your actions and your deeds. And so as you live your life, oh, this is where we stumble and where we fall. We sometimes just blend right into the world and they see nothing different in our lives. And that's where it hurts. And that's where students, man, stand firm wherever you're at. Stand firm. Be bold, be courageous. I guarantee it. When you do, kids look at you and they're like, whoa, what's different in that kid's life? Even though you might get teased, harassed, bullied, picked on, be firm, be bold, be courageous, and just love Jesus, man, wherever you're at. So I love you all. I thank you all on behalf of Monica and myself and our family. Faith Community Church has been beautiful for us, and we're so grateful for that. So thank you. And we're going we're gonna to close this time, and I'm going to ask the elders and um, the rest of the staff, and then Pastor Mike and your family, if you can come up here just on the front row right down there, and we are going to sing a song, and we're going to pray for you. And uh, so elders, and this is your time, yeah? Elders and staff, if you can come up here. And uh, we just want to kind of surround them. We're going to sing a song that's very important, I know, to Pastor Mike as far as the thematic and the concept of giving us homes that are uniquely and distinctly Christian. And so I want to make this our prayer as a congregation that people would step up in 
the role that Pastor Mike has served in equipping families to do the gospel ministry. So let's surround him. And congregation, let's stand up as we sing this song to the tune of Be Still My Soul about having homes that are uniquely and distinctly Christian. And then I will close in prayer. And let's make this our prayer, our collective prayer, that God would do these works in our lives. Let's sing. Oh, give us homes built firm upon the Savior, where Christ is head and counselor and guide, where every child is taught his love and
Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift that you have given in the body of Christ. It is amazing that you are the chief shepherd and you have made us all into a kingdom of priests. But these kingdom of priests need to be shepherded and corralled and consoled and comforted and counseled and cleaned up from time to time. So you gave the gift of pastors and we have had a phenomenal one. We thank you for Mike. We thank you for the office that he held. We thank you for how he so often was used to maintain and preserve unity in this body of believers so that throughout the generations and the decades that this place could still be here. We thank you for gifting your servant with his patient, caring, tender, compassionate, full of integrity heart. A life that is worthy to be emulated, a life that is lived by example as he follows in the footsteps of the chief shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. Thank you for the life investment of Pastor Mike and for Monica and for their families, for all the sacrifices they've made throughout the years so that we could have uniquely distinct Christian homes. I know that's near and dear to his heart. So I pray that we would all take up that responsibility and collectively walk in a way that is worthy of your gospel as has been demonstrated by Pastor Mike. We thank you for him, the good gift, but ultimately, God, even more appropriate is to say thank you to you for giving the good gift. The giver of every good and perfect gift is the Father who does not change. Thank you for looking out for this called out community for the years it's been in existence and for the many years that has in its future as we seek to follow you with compassionate hearts and humble service as we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and we position ourselves as servants for your sake. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Once again, we would invite you all to write in the book in the back. Express your thanks to Mike and Monica. That would be wonderful. And then don't forget, we need your chairs stacked and moved forward today. Thank you so much for being here.